Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of courage to be curious and part of our year-long journey when we're thinking about courageous connections. And the courageous connection that we are taking on for the month of November is our connection to food. It's a departure from what we've done most of this year, where we've talked about connections either to ourself or to other people. And we will certainly engage the self and others in the course of our month-long journey here. But this is a connection to food because we intersect with food every single day, multiple times a day. And it's one of those things that is one of passion for me. I think about food. I think about access to healthy and good food. I think about social justice around food. Um, And I also think that it's one of those topics or one of these pieces of our lives that can get a lot of us pretty wound up (laughs) in terms of what to eat, how much we eat, where we get it from, the role that it plays in our life, and all those kinds of things. So if we wanted to have a huge psychotherapeutic session about it, we probably could, but food is present in our life every day, and it's an important part of our existence, and excited to have this month-long journey. And today, I am truly excited to have... Vanessa Page is my guest, and she is the Philadelphia Market Manager for Hungry Harvest. And Hungry Harvest is an organization I just encountered very recently when I met Vanessa at an event, and just so beyond excited to have made this connection and to have you here on the show. So thanks, Vanessa, for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Adina. I'm really excited for our conversation. So the moment that you stood up, and I will give a little shout-out, we met at a Polkadot Powerhouse meeting, and um, Vanessa introduced who she was and from Hungry Harvest, and gave just like her 30-second pitch, and I said, this is somebody I need to connect with. So, Vanessa, you can take more than 30 seconds here. You're not under that time constraint. I won't wave any pink dots at you, but what is Hungry, <laughs> what is hungry Harvest, and you know, what do you know about the origins of how this whole venture got started? Of course. So Hungry Harvest is a rescued produce delivery company on a mission to end food waste and hunger. So how we're doing that is we're creating these curated boxes of rescued produce. And one might ask, what is rescued produce? And I'm here to answer that as well. Um, but rescued produce basically is produce that would otherwise go uneaten for aesthetic imperfections, logistic errors, surplus, um, those things that are, you know, a little ugly or too big, too small. Uh, so we have an in-house procurement team that works basically to create these curated boxes of this rescued produce, and we send that to your doorstep on a weekly or biweekly basis. Um, and our main goal is obviously to end food waste, but also to use that problem to end hunger. So there, you know, over 40% of produce or food in general goes to waste uh, in the United States, and a lot of that actually happens on the farmer and wholesaler level. Um, and this all happens while 20 people uh, or 20% of people live in food insecurity in the country. So our goal is to use one problem to solve the other. Um, and on the hunger side, we actually, um, for every box that we sell in Philadelphia, we donate some produce to uh, Phil Abundance to help support their uh, programming, and they feed over like 90,000 miles a week, I believe, which is a pretty impressive feat. So that is a little wow. wow on us. Yeah. Um, and you asked a little bit about origins, and actually um, there's a cool story that our CEO, Evan, um, who is like the founder of Hungry Harvest, where he actually started this as a project in one of his classes in school. Um, he attended the University of Maryland, where he studied business and was in this social innovation class. Um, and at the end of the year project basically was to start a social enterprise. Um, and he came across a farmer who 
was talking about how he had surplus produce that season that was going to go to waste. And so he actually started a farm stand in the basement of his dorm where he sold five pounds of produce for $5. And the first week that they did the farm stand, they had 10 customers and that went into 20 customers. And by the end of the semester, they had 500 customers every week. Um, and he was like, okay, I think this is this could be a business. And when he graduated, he actually started the company. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I think I read, too, which is really kind of cool and exciting, that he was on Shark Tank. And that is like a, something that really boosted the um, success of the company. Yes, that's, that's very true. He actually um, got on Shark Tank in 2016. And after that episode, it, it took off. And so we have people who still see the reruns of the Shark Tank episode or like they'll see me at an event. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, wow, you guys run Shark Tank. I saw you there. So um, it's really cool because that, that's a very niche audience that's super excited to see us anytime they see us in public. Oh, my gosh, yeah, that's so cool. Um, so when it sounds like you've been involved then for a while, and what was the motivation for you? What made you say, I need to get involved with this group? Yeah, so um, I actually have been at the job for um, a little around eight months, but I was a customer for over a year beforehand. And so um, I actually had a friend who is now my coworker who told me that Hungry Harvest was launching in Philadelphia, and I just fell in love with the mission. And uh, just a little background on me, uh, when I was younger, there were a lot of times where me and my family actually uh, were food insecure. And so uh, basically being food insecure is a state where you don't have reliable access to affordable, uh, nutritious food. Like, you don't know where your next meal is coming from. And so I've always appreciated the work that organizations do to help uh, feed those in need. And I even, like, volunteered in a lot of hunger-solving organizations, including a food pantry in college. So um, once I heard about Hungry Harvest, it's the mission to end food waste and hunger, um, I kind of just sold and fell in love. And so I uh, started as a customer, and then there was just kind of this cemetery um, when I was looking to make a transition. They were looking for someone to take on this role, and I felt like it was a really wonderful way for me to make an impact on two causes that I believe in. So yeah. things just work out sometimes in a really wonderful way. <laughs> oh, they do. They do, especially when you stay open. And, you know, it, there was such a personal connection for you here to your own experience that, you know, Absolutely. it enables you to now bring that full circle in such an amazing way. This idea that I have to go back to this because you put the statistic out there, a 40% of um, produce can go to waste before it's even distributed. So I, I'm, I'm guessing here is what happens so farmers grow all of this stuff, but distributors only want to pick choice things to sell off, you know, to as wholesalers to then their markets and things like that. And so that there's all of this food that, as you said, might be imperfect visually not as pleasing. We don't think people are going to buy it in the markets and stuff, so this stuff all gets left behind. Is that kind of what happens, that 40%? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually 40% of food goes to waste, and I think around like 16 to 20% happens on the farmer and wholesaler level. Um, and so with that, yes, it, it comes down to um, the aesthetic imperfections, surplus mainly, um, are the big reasons why they would go to waste. And um if I remember correctly with your question, um, can you actually restate your question? I'm so sorry. I want to make sure. No, I, well, just, so really understand, just really understanding what it is that creates this waste, like why it is it's going to waste. Yeah. Now, 40% of food, so some of that is stuff being thrown away, right, that, that it's got yeah. distributed to restauranteurs or markets and stuff like that and didn't get used, and so that's getting thrown away. Thrown away. Yeah. And then there's this percentage that's on the farmer's side. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the farmer and wholesaler level. And um, a lot of that is just from, like, what you said, where you mentioned, like, you know, the things that could be a little too ugly um, that people might look over at a grocery store. For instance, like, oranges can be scarred on the outside, but you're taking off that peel anyways, and it's a perfectly good orange inside. And so um, just kind of the way that we now view the grocery shopping experience is a really big reason why things can no longer go um, into market in the same way that they used to. Because if you think about like 100 years ago when um, you were getting produce, a lot of times it didn't matter what it looked like. If a carrot had two legs, it hit a, like, you know, a root or a rock when it was going, growing into the ground, so that you would just want the carrot. Like that was the goal is to actually have that nutritious produce. Like it was a privilege to have certain types of produce. And so there was never this um, idea that something wasn't pretty enough for you to eat. And then when you kind of introduce uh, color television, actually, in like the 50s, 60s, that was a time frame where everything needed to look kind of pristine because it was what you saw on television. It was like this, you know, idyllic look uh, to the way that produce was. It was bright red peppers or tomatoes or, you know, perfectly shaped cucumbers. And so now, like, you know, flash forward to now, we are in this world where your grocery buying experience, like, if you could imagine yourself going to the store and, like, picking up your weekly groceries, a lot of times you'll pick up the avocado and you're like, is this the right one? Is this the perfect avocado? Um, or you'll go and you'll look at the, um, you know, peppers. If one's too small, you're going to be like, well, I'd rather get the bigger one. So um, it's just those kinds of reasons are why, you know, grocery stores have become more selective with uh, the produce they buy and the produce they put out there. Um, and so, that all of that stuff that's being grown um, that, you know, would just be misshapen, missized, miscolored, whatever it might be, just ends up in landfills or um, ends up in, you know, being tilled under for that the next harvest. So our goal, obviously, is to rescue all of that and then get it to people who don't care what it looks like because they're just going to eat it anyway. Right, right. And, you know, even taking that further, that problem of being so focused on the aesthetics is that now there are so many modifications to our fruits and vegetables to have them look a certain way that so many of them I notice have lost their taste. You know, that if you're not buying locally grown or organically grown things, or, but you're buying these vegetables and fruits that are literally being grown for the market shelf, right, that they can have so much less flavor. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one thing our procurement team tries to do um, is work with uh, local farmers in all of our markets. Uh, like may, our main goal is to rescue as much produce as possible so you'll still get things that are going to be surplus, the same kind of food that you can buy at Whole Foods. But we do try to work work with um, and represent local farmers, local wholesalers that um, have those, you know, those mushrooms that are from Pennsylvania that taste just as amazing, um, you know, as the things that you would have in your backyard. So uh, that's kind of like what our goal is. Uh, but, you know, again, as like, I completely agree with you that uh, with being mass produced, a lot of the times that can lose its flavor. Um, and again, the things that can be like, you know, the uglier bun- of the bunch um, are still equally as good, if not better. Yeah, absolutely. I was to say the things I ate out of my Hungry Harvest box this weekend, actually, because I had a house full of people, so we ate it all. (laughs) It was pretty amazing and just really, really tasty. So let's transition to that. And since you and I are having this conversation and we know exactly what we mean when we talk about Hungry Harvest boxes, but people who are listening don't necessarily know, what is a Hungry Harvest box and how does the whole process of Hungry Harvest, how do we distribute the food to people? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have Hungry Harvest boxes called Harvest, um, and they come in different sizes, whether that's a mini, a full, or a super. Uh, you can also get an organic uh, harvest, or you can get an all-fruit box or an all-veggie box. So there's definitely a bunch of variety there. And uh, the way that someone would kind of get involved would be, like, going 
searching online and uh, searching an easy sign-up process, and it will give you a delivery day and a delivery time, and then you would get your box in the mail that upcoming week. And um, like I kind of alluded to earlier, we have an in-house procurement team that actually curates the contents for that box. Um, and so I believe I sent you a mini harvest, which is um, around 10 pounds of produce, and it's for $15, and it follows this kind of blueprint every week of one leafy green, two to three fruits, and four to five veggies. So I think we had, like, pineapple this week. I think there might have been a large grapefruit in mine. Um, so you can get, like, a variety of things that changes each week, but just follows that blueprint. Um, and so that's kind of what the mini harvest is. And then you go up to the full harvest, which is 20 pounds of produce, and then super harvest, which is uh, 30, which is a massive box. But if you're feeding, like, a large family, that's, like, a perfect size box for to get you through a week. Um, and get Especially if you're, like, you know, a veggie-based family, um, it's definitely a lot, uh, but a really healthy amount for a very affordable cost. Right, right. And so it's, it really is amazing because things are – it gets delivered right to my doorstep, and I've brought it in, and it was fabulous because I said I had a house full of people, and we immediately started consuming it. Oh, yes, I don't have to rent what I can do. And it's it, – <laughs> You and I were talking about creativity before this call, and it really did ignite that creativity of, okay, I've got these things. What can I do now that maybe I wasn't thinking about or that I can modify because I've got these great veggies and everything here right on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like the food rescue part of it. And I, even as you were talking about 40, 40% of food going to waste and, you know, 16%, you know, perhaps coming from the farmers and the distribution and thinking about how much of this literally just gets thrown away. And with so many people in a position of food insecurity that we've got solutions right here. And so let's transition and talk about the other part of the mission. So we want to end the waste of food, and at the same time, we want to couple that with the aspect of the mission of ending hunger. And so you talk a little bit more about you know, some of what you've seen, you know, contributions go to fill abundance and they help feed people. But, you know, what have you felt as part of a member of this organization in terms of the impact you're making and helping to bring fruits and vegetables to people in the various cities where you work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in Philadelphia right now, we are donating to Phil Abundance, and they are just an amazing program. They actually started out as a food rescue program, um, and that, like, by that meaning, like, exactly kind of what we're doing by rescuing produce that would otherwise go and eaten. That's kind of how they started, where uh, they were just getting, they saw that there was a problem here with food waste, and then they started using that to kind of solve the problem of hunger and then, uh, you know, evolved from there. So uh, that was a re- when we expanded to Philadelphia, it was a very easy synergy to be able to say, like, okay, what would be our, you know, donation partner? Who would we want to work with? And just the history and the way that Phil Abundance started out was kind of just right on par with what we were doing. And so it just made a lot of sense. And so it feels really nice to be able to have, and like, there are obviously a ton of organizations doing great work that we would love to support, but just being able to see the impact uh, through you know, the work that Phil Abundance is doing uh, and providing them with fresh produce for all of the people that they feed on a weekly basis is really, really wonderful. Um, and I know that you're going to talk to them later, which is super exciting, so I'm sure they can give you more information on that. Um, but I think another thing that's really, really wonderful, and we're looking to expand this program to Philadelphia, is this program called Produce in a Snap. Um, and it's a way that we can create pop-up markets in uh, food deserts around all of our uh, markets. Right now we're piloting it in Baltimore and the D.C. area, but we're looking to expand it to Philadelphia in the new year. Um, but basically there are these pop-up markets that um, 
happen once a week in places like schools or community colleges, hospitals, things like that. And um, you would basically be able to walk through with a bag uh, and get around 10 pounds of produce for $7 in one of these markets. And they're made for, air, like, they're put in areas that, uh, you know, people won't have easy access to a grocery store or, you know, wouldn't be able to afford the produce that would be in a grocery store. And so we uh, discount the price and we basically give it to people for the $7 amount and they go through the kind of buying experience like it, you would at a farmer's market. And then at the end, you, when you go to check out, you're actually able to use um, your uh, SNAP benefits if you'd like to. Uh, you could also use a cash credit or whatever form of like you know transaction that you would like to make. But it's a way uh, to establish these kind of pop-up markets um, that are helping solve that issue of hunger in areas that need it most. Um, and one thing that we you do when we're training for Hungry Harvest and like before you go off to your markets is you actually get to go to some of the produce and snap markets in um, Baltimore. And so that experience was just so awesome just seeing like the look on people's faces when they, you know, were trying something new that they would not, they're like, what kind of, what's the, you know, what's this type of plum or like what's this type of pear? I've never seen this before. Um, like what's an Asian pear? I think was one of the questions I got. Um, and that was just a super cool thing where you get to see these people get excited about, um, you know, new types of produce that they might not have seen before. Or also just being able to buy a bag of grapes for two dollars when in a grocery store it's normally four to five, um, things like that. It was just it's really empowering, and you see just like that this happening every week gives you a really tangible outcome um, of you know getting people on healthier diets, giving them access to affordable produce, things like that. So it's really it's it's, it's empowering. It is, it is, and I remember. In a previous iteration of my career, I was the executive director of a nonprofit youth organization, and we worked with a lot of kids from an urban environment, but in a more country space. And because kids were staying with us, you know, overnight for a couple of weeks, we were providing all of the food service. And when I first came there, most of our food service was all just prepared, you know, um, packaged food that we would be preparing, whether that was vegetables or the main dishes and things like that. And we got a new food service director, and we talked about putting out a salad bar. And I remember some people initially questioning, well, I don't know, do you think the kids will eat salad bar? Do you think they'll, like, if we put out a bowl of fruit, do you think the kids will eat the bowl of fruit? And, you know, it was such an overwhelming success because, of course, this is how food should taste. And it, and it just tastes yeah. good to eat natural food. And, you know, they both were really successful, and there are so many parts, especially in the inner cities where there's such food deserts, especially for fresh produce. And making it available through these pop-up markets is amazing. I don't know. I didn't read anything particularly about this, but I'm going to ask out of my curiosity anyway. How do those, who sponsors or who runs those pop-up markets? And are those things where people can volunteer to support or are they run by host organizations? How do those things get supported? Yeah, so currently the way that we're doing it in Baltimore is we're actually, so we will work with directly with, uh, say, school, for instance. Um, so if you wanted to host a market, um, then we would work with that organization, so the school in this instance, um, to get a staff of volunteers for that event. We would train them personally uh, with our staff, which we have a really wonderful director of this program named Will, who will come to your area, train you on it, and then give you all of the, um, you know, items that you would need basically to run that market. Um, so that includes the staff machine um, in like signage that you would need bags uh, that have the produce and snap logo on them that you know people can bring back every week to be able to refill that use and reuse that bag uh, so that's kind of our end we do like all of these uh, the 
logistics behind it, basically, and then what that organization would need would be to provide the volunteers to help uh, keep that a consistent, keep that market consistently running. So um, it would be, you know, two hours of uh, one day of each week uh, for an extended period of time, basically, to create that consistency, um, and that's all they would need to do. And then uh, we work with you to basically kind of go through, um, you know, being able to give us money that you get from the market and, like, you know, how you work with the cash box, all of those things. So um, it's a pretty streamlined process at this point. And uh, if, you know, if you are an organization listening that would be interested in the produce and snap market, uh, feel free to reach out to Adina to get uh, my information, and then we can talk about that further. Yeah, and I'm sitting here already thinking if Philadelphia will be such a great place to, yeah, I'm excited for when it expands into Philadelphia and already thinking of organizations I know where I, that I could imagine would love to be a site and to host that. So we'll have to stay in touch about that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we actually are in charge of getting you that produce too. So like we work with our logistics team to deliver that to your area. So again, school at the Princeton will deliver it to that school and then afterwards the um you know the school can obviously give it to another donation partner, um, you know, give it to people in need in the area. We had a lot of people partner with like churches or other local, you know, hunger solving organizations that would need small donations if there's any excess at the end of the event. But um normally we do a pretty good job of slating for the number of people that would come uh based off of foot traffic. So Right. That's awesome. So are there any special moments you've been working with Hungry Harvest for eight months, you've been participating longer than that. Are there any kind of things that sort of stand out in your mind about the, either the experience of working with this organization or the impact specific events or experiences that stand out to you that say, oh, my gosh, I love this work? <laughs> Absolutely. So there are probably too many to count. But um, I think one of the first things is that working with the staff, and that's like an everyday feeling of working with people that genuinely believe in what they are doing. Um, I, you can just hear you say like, oh, you know, everyone really believes in the mission and then, you know, feel that it's not genuine. But seriously, every single person that works at Hungry Harvest is there for the right reasons and is just working so hard to solve these issues that are massive issues in the world, but it's just every day coming in with a smile on their face. And uh, one of our coworkers says, like, you know, it makes people happy every single Monday and genuinely means it. So um, just working with the staff is this wonderful experience of just being around people who are like-minded, who um, are passionate and uh, giving of their time and their energy and all of their resources just because they believe in this so much. So that is I would say one of my favorite parts of working for the company. And then um, just another thing uh, that happened this year for more of like an event type of, you know, accomplishment uh, was we won uh, this award for uh, this organization called Sustain PHL. They put on uh, an event, uh, it's kind of called the Green Oscars of Philly, so it's a Sustain PHL. And uh, we won Business Innovation of the Year this year. And so that was really cool. It was around six months of being at the company, um, and we won it in Philadelphia. And so it was one of the big kind of uh, moments where our, you know, because we have uh, a lot of like recognition in um, our DMV area where we launched. But uh, being able to see that we're making a big impact outside of the DMV area is really cool. So that was a fulfilling moment, too. 
Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And it's certainly well-deserved in terms of the mission and the work that the organization is doing. And so, as we're wrapping up, I want to be able to give people access. So, first, tell us the website for Hungry Harvest so people can go on. They probably already Googled it like about 25 minutes ago. (laughs) Just to make sure, what is the website for Hungry Harvest? Absolutely. It is uh, www.hungryharvest.net. Right. And people can go on, and as Vanessa was saying, you can sign, you can find out about all the different boxes. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but once you sign up and you become a member, then you have a back end, and you can provide information like, how do I want my box customized? You can add things on to it. Do you want to tell us anything about how all of that works on the back end? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you, for the customization part, you can go on the back end uh, earlier in the week and customize your harvest. And so you can pick the things that you want or don't want in it um, based off of that kind of menu that we gave you in the beginning of the week. Uh, You can also use our add-on market. So we have things like cage-free eggs, bread, cheese, and then we also have kind of seasonal items, which are pretty cool. So we recently had pie pumpkins and apple cider and a bunch of different things, which is awesome. Um, So you're able to add things on um, every week. We change that up so you can, um, you know, try new things every week if you'd like. Um, And then you're also able to use uh, a never list. And so the never list is things like if you really don't like squash, you would be able to put squash on your never list and you'll never see it in your box. Um, And then there's also a love it list as well. So um, all of that is on the back end. It's super easy to access. And then uh, there are also ways that you can get free produce by, um, you know, referring us out to other people that are interested. Uh, So different things you can access there. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So I don't really see why anybody should not be doing this. So (laughs) everybody is listening, right? Time to go sign up for Hungry Harvest. And the distribution area is quite extensive. There might be some people who are located in areas that they do not yet distribute to, but many of, I, I know the geography of most of the listenership here, and most people do fall within that. And so you can go right to Hungry Harvest and look it up to sign up for that for it. And if you are one of these people, and I do have friends who are like, I don't know how to cook vegetables, and I don't know what to do with all the vegetables, don't worry, because that's next week's guest. So next week's guest, Jessica DeLuise from Eat Your Way um, Healthy, um, Eat Your Way Healthy is going to come on, and she, we're going to be talking about food for, in terms of wellness, and she's also going to be sharing recipes, and she's going to be sharing how can we take things that might come in our Hungry Harvest box and make multiple different kinds of recipes. So maybe we've never cooked with a butternut squash before, but, wow, you can do this with it, you can do this with it, you can you know, make all these different things and help give us some confidence in using the produce that we receive in our Hungry Harvest boxes well. So if you are feeling any anxiety about that, support is on the way, and we're coming with that next week. So stay tuned. And as Vanessa um, shared with us, we're going to have still abundance on later in the month as well. And then our last podcast in the month of November is going to fall right in the middle of the Thanksgiving period, and we'll be talking about food and gratitude in different ways. So this is an exciting month of talking about our courageous connections to food. And Vanessa, is there anything you want to share as in closing with people before we head off today? Yes, absolutely. So two things. Um, one, if people want to try out their first Hungry Harvest box, um, I created the code COURAGEOUS and you can get $5 off your Hungry Harvest. So you just type that in when you're checking out, and you'll be able to get $5 off your harvest. Um, and another thing is, like, thank you so, so, so much for having me on today. I 
truly like love what you were doing. I love I love your podcast. I think that this work is really amazing just because questioning um, really does get you to more genuine connections. And I love that you were able to think of us for the connections to food. Um, it's near and dear to my heart as well. So um, I'm very happy to be here and thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're so welcome. It has been totally our pleasure. And I'm just going to repeat that and say that the code word can check out is courageous, and that's $5 off your first hungry harvest. Since you can cancel at any time, there's no reason not to try it. You're going to get this amazing food. And just think of it a little bit like the FPCA, where we go and we get the animals that are not the ones that are primed by the groomers. <laughs> We're getting the fruit and vegetables that are like as near and dear and tasty as we could possibly get, just weren't, you know, pretty enough or for whatever other reason didn't make it onto the market itself, but are going to do great things for your palate and your nutrition. So, and help save, you know, save the produce from landing in landfills and help and support um, food getting into the hands of people who are in an experience of food insecurity right now. So there's absolutely no reason not to do this. I hope you will join us. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. And we will be back with you again next week as we talk about wellness and food and, as I said, great recipes to use with your Hungry Harvest Box. Thanks so much for listening.